Hi, and welcome to Buy Back The Block series, where we talk everything real estate and investment. We believe in empowering those in our communities to take pride in where they live and to share stories of journeys traveled and their successes. Every journey is unique, but also important as it provides an opportunity for those in the community to learn and progress through the experiences of others. There is infinite power that exists through collectively working together. Hello and welcome to the Buy Back to Block series, where we discuss everything real estate and investment. On today's episode, we sit down with a gentleman who has been doing some interesting things within the space of crypto and trading. I got to know him about 18 months ago through a mutual friend. He has taken a position in crypto, been in the space for over four years and watching it move sideways and stagnate and then in recent times fly. We sit down in understanding what his group does and how he is helping hundreds of people currently in becoming financially free. So first off the back, I would like to ask, who are you, Hassan? Hi, um, thanks for having me on the on the show. It's good to be, uh, good to be here. Um, yeah, I'm Hassan, 27 years old. I've been in and around the cryptocurrency space for a couple of years, investing and trading in that in that arena. Right. Okay. So, by way of trading, you say that you're in the crypto space. Has it always been a case that you went straight into crypto? And if so, or if not, I mean, how did you actually? What was your foray into that space? Foray into crypto was very accidental. Tried running a, a business, Amazon dropship inside. Um, I came across. I'm sure people come across these types of ads on YouTube all the time. Um, but I saw an ad for Amazon dropshipping, tried to give that a go. It didn't really work out. It wasn't really for me. But one of the guys who I watched on YouTube happened to do cryptocurrency as well. And I ended up listening to him talk a little bit about cryptocurrency. And I think it was mid 2017, maybe early 2017, I opened a, an account on Binance and, and started buying coins, basically just from listening to other people. For a while, it worked out, but I guess back then, everyone, a lot of people, it was the first time people were talking about cryptocurrency on YouTube, so not the, the whole market on YouTube talking about cryptocurrency was very young. So I made a fair bit of money, but then lost a fair bit of money as well. So that was how I got into cryptocurrency. So, I mean, for, 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 for me, um, I mean, you say that that is how you got into crypto. So you never actually went, you never went the route of maybe trading um, like regular markets like the, the FTSE or uh, NASDAQ. No. You just went straight into, into crypto. Wow. That's, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of brave. And it was on the back of a lot of the YouTube, um, the YouTube content creators who were promoting, um, who were promoting um, uh, a crypto at the time. Would you, Yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't know, I don't know what your uh, introduction was like, but how did you actually adopt or, um, change your mindset to actually i mean actually understand the crypto market because it doesn't work like any other market that's out there um it's a lot quicker the gains and the losses are a lot a lot and understanding how how value is actually created in the crypto space is is definitely something that it takes a second to get around to get your head around um to be honest so how in 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 your view did you actually get your head around the way in which the crypto markets work and I mean, by way of education, I mean, what is your, what's your foray into, I mean, I mean, what, what was your educational level? What courses did you do? Because I would have thought that that would also have an influence on your understanding of how the crypto market works. My, the reason I got into the Amazon dropshipping stuff was, was because I wanted to um, have a larger second income at the time. 
and I didn't like the business model in the end. And so I decided to go to cryptocurrency. And because it made so much money so quickly, I thought, great, this is, it will always do this. And then um, reality kicks in. Mm-hmm. Um, and the mar- crypto markets do do what they do to newbies, mm-hmm. um, set people straight, a rude awakening. Um, and then it was, I kind of thought about it as I had the mentality of someone who wanted to get rich quick and then experienced it and then got paid the price for thinking with basically an arrogant mentality. Um, and so that's when I decided, okay, it's probably best to learn how to do the basics of what I'm trying to do here. Mm-hmm. What is the basics? I'm trying to learn how to how to effectively trade. That's basically what I was trying to do. Um, and then I decided to learn how to do it. Um, the guy that I actually watched on on YouTube at the time, I just reached out to him to ask him if he would help me learn how to trade. And he was kind enough to actually just teach the basics and the fundamentals of how to do it. It wasn't really any of that, I think, that shifted for me, though. It was, it was a mentality shift. I think that was the biggest thing. And understanding that trading is a skill and like everything else has to be learned right. properly with time. And most importantly, like having a good teacher to take you down that, take you down that road, because I don't know what I'm doing. I'm trusting someone else to show me. And I think it was his person who had taught me, making me realize it's not a get rich quick thing. Trading mm-hmm. is a skill. Investing is a skill. You have to learn how to do it properly. And it takes time to understand how to do that. So in terms of how I ended up learning, part of it was luck. And that just came across someone who was generous enough and kind enough to actually teach me. And part of it was shifting my mentality from I can make X happen very, very quickly to if I want X to happen, then I have to take the time and put in the effort to, to make it happen. And I think that because, as you said before, the, the nature of the this market being quite young is that it can offer a lot of reward very quickly um, and then take it away from you very quickly. So if you want to succeed in it, you have to find consistency. Mm-hmm. And to find consistency, you've got to put the effort into to making it happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, um, okay, you, so you've spoken about um, your, your introduction to it. Um, I mean, it's great to have a, have a tutor who can um, show you, show you the ropes. Um, I do believe that you've got people who operate in the crypto space in two, in two ways. I mean, there's a lot of guys that are f- walking around uh, floating the fundamentals of uh, crypto and why certain coins are better than other coins or why certain coins will do better than, than other coins. There are also those guys that are um, not concerned about the fundamentals of the coins, but are more looking for trends and patterns. Um, I believe they're called like um, technical um, analysts who have uh, a, a more of a mathematical um, structured approach to looking at crypto. What sort of what sort of position would you where would you position yourself by way of the strategies that you are using in the crypto space um, in under and, and in understanding the markets in which you operate in? So the, when I first got into it it was a case of listening to people talking about how great this project was or how great that project was on youtube videos and i make my my decisions listening to that Mm -hmm. i think the great thing about coming across the person who taught me was i learned how to how to read a chart it's kind of like learning how to read music or Mm -hmm. yeah i I suppose that, that would be a fair comparison at least in my mind and learning patterns was kind of like learning notes and the more often you see the charts 
it's like with with anything really it's like when you're learning maths at school at school you practice it every single day um and it's because you're practicing every single day eventually you get good at it or you realize it's not for you i've personally always kind of stuck to using charts finding trends and patterns to make trading decisions so when we're talking about trading it's you're making it on a shorter time frame investing is pro- is different to uh, trading mm-hmm. that's when you have a fundamental belief in a project from its inception and so it's not that one is absolutely better than the other it's that they have a time and a place to be used i'd say if you're if you're trading the charts are really important because you're trying to make x amount of money in a certain period of time mm-hmm. um and the knowledge of what is happening in the market within a given time frame is really important information but if you're investing in something that's different you're not interested in what's happening on the smaller time frames you're interested in what's happening on the larger time frame and the information for what's going to happen on a larger time frame fundamentally doesn't exist on a chart that's when you start after looking into who are the people behind the, the cryptocurrency or the asset who what is their development plan what is their business plan and all those sorts of things because you're taking a bet on their long-term future so i know loads of people have tried to work out oh make their decisions on a or a or b but um when i think back to when i lost a lot of money it was because i was making i was using fundamental analysis to make decisions about trading i, I should have used the correct tool which was the charts to make decisions about trading equally wow. a chart can't help you work out how big something is going to be because it's looking at a very it's looking at a snapshot and that's when you got to go look at fundamental analysis because that's helping you make decisions on a much much larger time and then the question you have to ask is which one are you interested in doing is it one or the other or is it a mixture of both and then have a strategy to work around um have a strategy to work around that so for example last year everything in the crypto market was uh last year when things were accumulating so by that i mean there was a lot more price wasn't really moving too a uh, lot or heavily but there was a lot of interest in the market um looking at projects that had really solid fundamentals or foundations was a good way to work out which things to go and invest in um and right now because the market is in full swing looking at the charts is much more helpful because we're looking to see where you can make a lot of money very quick so they both have their uses and um, it's just a case of you knowing when to use what all right i've got a question for you so i mean you've spoken about investment as compared to uh, trading um and i take it when you're talking about the fundamentals therefore if you're looking at a project and you're looking long term you're you're more so investing in 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 these coins as compared to trading now i've met a few bankers who who work on you know the standard markets and they've struggled to actually understand the value chain that exists within within the crypto space with uh, a number of people saying i mean i've i've heard people say to me um how 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 can you withdraw crypto how can you spend crypto you can't really spend it and i'm like look there are there are ways and as and products get a bit more uh, complex um, and people start um, amending their products to accommodate for crypto, more and more opportunities um, will exist. I mean, look, we've now got um, um, Tesla-related coins and um, um, you've got big money that's coming into it um, and that's allowing you to use uh, crypto to pay for, you know, certain real-life assets. How how would you say that the average person who's trying to get or understand the the crypto space will be better off understanding or making sense of it all? 
Because for me, I always, well, initially anyway, I sort of struggled in understanding, look, you're investing in something that's not backed by anything. It's not backed by gold, which was uh, which was ordinarily what currency was backed by. I mean, obviously, since we've broken away from gold standards, that's that's out of the window with the amount of money printing that's going on. But at least in some way, I use that to, 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 to make sense of it all. How would you say that the average person who is coming from um, a standard banking environment would better understand the use case or the uh, the ability to make money in that space? Good question, actually. Um, so in terms of uh, relating it to, well, in terms of what cryptocurrencies are, is they all have their own individual use cases built fundamentally from the same from the same technology. So there is a backing behind it. I guess from the institutional perspective, at least in the last three cycles, certainly from its inception, I imagine the reason why a lot of institutions and lay people found it so hard to understand was because it doesn't it doesn't it's not manifested in your hand. I mean, if that makes sense. You can feel a dollar. In your hand, mm-hmm. you have it in your you have it in your hand. Whereas this is something that exists completely digitally. And then to su- to that, some people will say, well, you have things like PayPal and online banking and so forth, which is true. It's not that the case that the money today is digital. It's that you can also have the money in real life. So I think back before like the first iPhone came out, I can't remember when that was. Two thousand four, two thousand five. <laughs> the Apple had released something. I I don't know if you may have remembered. Apple released something called the Newton in the late 90s and it was basically a apple phone 1.0 oh wow and it was touchscreen it was meant for like personal it was like a, it, was, it was designed as a personal handheld device right and people couldn't really wrap their heads around the, the idea of a touchscreen phone and the the cool thing about the phone was that you could send money digitally and people couldn't wrap their heads around that people and i think when i look when i think about that product i think that's probably why that product died Mm. in that it's a, it was effectively the iphone 10 years too early and people couldn't really get their heads around the idea of money being sent through the sky or through a signal um and so when i think back to because i got in in the last market um why people found it so hard to like especially on institutional level to wrap their heads around cryptocurrency i think maybe on a simple level it's just that you can't feel it it's it's not in your hand it just exists in in a in a digital space and then because people think it exists in a digital space it, they feel like it's not fundamentally backed by anything but if it, it is backed by something it's backed by its technology so in the case mm-hmm. of bitcoin you have 21 million bitcoins in the universe uh, once they are found that's that it's it's they are there and you can't add anything more to it so it's completely tangible um whereas in the case of like the us dollar or the pound you can artificially just reproduce more of it and therefore artificially decrease or increase its its value so maybe the question posed to in institutions would be if it's the case that you feel like cryptocurrency is not fundamentally backed by anything what makes you think that fear is um because the only thing holding fear is our belief that a five pound note is worth five pounds but me and you don't have any way to actually verify whether that five pound note could actually buy you five pounds worth of stuff. We, we don't know what the value of actual value of what we buy and sell is because there's more pounds and dollars running around than there was once before. Whereas the cool thing about Bitcoin is that you know how much Bitcoin is out there. Everyone yeah. knows. And so you can accurately measure its value. So I suppose I think 
maybe for the last 10 years, institutions kind of ask themselves, what can we do with Bitcoin? Because most people won't really use it to buy coffee or just simple day-to-day things. I don't mm-hmm. think Bitcoin will get used for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the question is, like, what, is the, what is the point of it? And I, if you were an institution want, thinking about investing in it, you'd ask yourself, why would anyone use this thing? Mm-hmm. And that was a valid question to ask. In terms of the current market cycle, it's been the cycle of institutional money. And it feels like institutions woke up and went, oh, yeah, Bitcoin is actually really valuable. Yeah. Let's go buy tons and tons of it. And so I think perhaps they're recognizing that there is a really cool value behind Bitcoin specifically. And part of me wonders maybe whether it will act as a digital backing for actual real money so right now you can't really like i said you can't really verify what a five pound note or or a ten dollar note is worth if and we once used to be able to do that with gold you could go to the bank and hand in a five pound note and they'd give you back roughly five pounds worth of physical gold and you would know that your five pound is actually worth five pounds or pound 98 or whatever Um, and now you can't do that once bitcoin really matures as an asset class you it will be really stable then you have something stable where you know the actual quantity of it that exists. Mm-hmm. And because you know that, be able to use it as a backing for real money to work out its effective and real value, which would be great because then it would take the ability to effectively print money out of the federal governments or the national governments tool. Um, because inflating your... It seems to be the case that whenever we have stock market crashes, which are perfectly normal, or bad economic situation, our answer is to just inflate our way out of the situation. Bitcoin kind of stops you from doing that because it's deflationary. can't add more to it. Mm-hmm. Um, I get why governments try to inflate their way out of problems. You're not inflating your way out of the problem. You're just sending the problem down further, further down the road. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to be the government who deals with it and then get voted out of power. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's um, true. But a part of me always kind of wonders, which is why I can totally understand why some governments have absolutely no desire to validate. I always kind of wonder if if loads of people get behind it, does that force a government to have to, to recognise its its value? Because, the thing is, though, in, but, but wait yeah. a minute, but wouldn't you say that, okay, I mean, I, I hear you, by way of governments, yeah, absolutely not wanting to adopt it. But the, the thing with crypto is that it sits above governments. It's, it's a currency of the people. That's the sort of feeling that I get. Um, I mean, you you hear of countries. I know India's uh, is is banning it. I know um, Nigeria um, was talking about um, if you have a bank account that that has any sort of dealings with a crypto a crypto trading platform or um, institution, they'll close down your bank account. There are countries that are trying to really take a hard stance in relation to to crypto um, and um, and trying to get and try and move people away from it. But the truth of the matter is, this is how I look at it. The same way that you talk around the, the nature of governments trying to inflate away their problems. The reason why crypto came in was because there was a need for something. And people have a desire to do something that standard currency wasn't able to protect them against. Um, and um, and so when I hear about those sorts of things, I'm like, yeah, you can do, you can say whatever you want to do, but it's still going to be there. It's not going anywhere. Yeah, the whole world can try and crack down on it. It will still be there because the people are asking for it. And that's the thing. Um, when, I, when I look at it, I think the, the biggest way in which an institution or a government can, can go by way of its regulation is by working with it. You're not ever going to stop it. This is going to be around. And I, and I think that so long as there's a desire um, for people to, to send money around, um, hold its value, because we're not currently doing that current, currently, um, that is always going to be there. What, what are your thoughts around, um, around that and the ability of governments to, 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 to try and control, uh, control uh, crypto? 
I go back and forth in that, and I can't really see a, I can't see a, a wider pattern as to the countries that are in favor of it and the countries that are against it. So, for example, in the United States, finance is banned to, to American users. It would make sense that the Americans would totally be in favor on a governmental level of, of cryptocurrency, but they don't appear to be at all. And then simultaneously, you have authoritarian or dictatorial countries that are also against it. Um, and in both situations, I don't get why they would and wouldn't. I don't understand why the Americans wouldn't be in favor of it. And I don't also understand why dictators wouldn't be in favor of it either. If I was a if I was a dictator, I think I would want access to a type of currency that is outside of the purview of every everyone else. And it would serve quite nicely, especially when you can get cool privacy points where yeah. it doesn't keep a trace of the ledger isn't isn't keeping the trace of what's happening to the uh, sorry to the transaction so yeah i don't really see a wider pattern as to who is or isn't in favor of it everyone's just got their different reasons for being in favor of it and not being in favor of it and it doesn't really always make sense mm. um, i think if you're just talking on a larger time scale i think the countries that operate more freely will end up valuing and adopting it you probably want that um, in in general, because it, it strangely seems to be able, it would theoretically speaking be able to keep a lot of government economic activity in check. I totally understand why governments don't like the idea of if I, I mean if I was a government I, and my primary goal is to get elected and then be voted into power, then I wouldn't want anything that makes me have to deal with situations in the real time. So you always kind of get governments making promises about stuff that will happen like 2050 or 2060 or whatever like that. That, 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 that's how governments are supposed to operate. And I don't get surprised by stuff like that. But maybe it would, something like Bitcoin would kind of force governments who are in power at the time to deal with the problems then and there. It, it means you would have to deal uh, in, in situation, you would have to deal with short-term pains real time. So uh, for example, like if you have a huge national debt and you can't inflate your way out of it and then send the problem down 10 years down the road, you would have to, you'd be forced to deal with the problem right now. And that would potentially mean allowing for mass unemployment for a year, a year and a half or something. And in that year and a year, year and a half, the entire country will hate you. Then you're going to have to live with that hatred. And governments don't want to live with that kind of hatred because mm -hmm. their purpose is to get elected in the next election cycle. Absolutely. Um, so maybe it could, it could interestingly call all those types of things into question. And I wonder if it forces people who play in the governmental arena to operate more honestly to the real situation that's mm -hmm. happening in, in front of them and to deal with it uh, irrespective of being disliked or not going to put it back in. I think it strangely has, at least theoretically in my mind, has the ability to actually force a lot of interesting questions out of the politi political side even though this thing was designed for anti-monetary uh, value yeah right okay okay so okay i've got i've got another i've got another question for you um by way of crypto um it, it's it's mainly broken down into um into bitcoin and others so the um the um alternate coin market where where do you see us where do you see us as being by way of the the cycle in crypto and also by way of the cycle too when do you see because we know that the cycle is is punctuated by great wealth accumulation and then um, a potential crash which seems to happen um, periodically same as the property cycle same as financial cycles the same sort of thing so where, where do you where do you where do you see us as being um um yeah in in, in that cycle yeah so i think bitcoin's been around since 2009 we've had a couple of bull market cycles um, and what tends to happen is each bull market cycle is slightly longer than the last last one 
Um, and that would make sense because each time you go through a bull market, the market is slightly more mature than it was the previous cycle. And therefore, it takes it's producing lower, larger returns. And therefore, the cycle is slightly more extended each time. Um, so the last cycle kind of ran from what, 2015 to the start of 20, sorry, 2016 to start of 2018. And we kind of started this cycle last, I suppose, if you wanted to be generous, call it last, whenever Bitcoin hit like nine grand last year, you could say that officially kind of started this bull market. How long it will last for? I, I suspect it will last maybe a little bit longer than it did last time around. I don't mm. I don't know how long. Um, this is where technical charts will be really useful because you can gauge a very simple understanding of when market, what patterns have occurred when previous market market cycles have ended. Um, and that will give you a signal or a picture of what to look out for in terms of trying to know when this market cycle will end. So I can't say, oh, it would definitely end roughly between January and February 2023 or something like that. I can't do that. But I think all bull market cycles that are coming to an end produce similar patterns in terms of what occurs prior to that crash happen and so you won't ever know it in the minute it's at the time the minute it's happening if you know how they all ended before it's fairly is visible on a chart mm-hmm. you can roughly see for yourself oh, okay these conditions appear to be happening again maybe the market is, is changing um so technical charts are great for seeing those patterns and being able to see when they're occurring in front of you again to help you make make decisions i'd say in terms of this cycle this bull market cycle i'd probably say we're roughly like halfway through it feel it feels it feels like halfway through mm-hmm. i'd probably say we're a little bit ahead of schedule in terms of how far we've come in that since basically last october we just had a parabolic run without any major crashes typically during a bull market cycle you get two three forty fifty sixty percent drop and we haven't had that this mm-hmm. cycle not once mm-hmm. um since last October, we've just gone from 10K, whatever we were in October, all the way up to 60K. Um, since January, we've had one 20 to 25% drop every single month. So in January, February, March, and April. Mm-hmm. But those are standard drop. We haven't had like a really big crash yet. And you always get at least one or two in a bull market cycle, usually a couple more. And we haven't had any that yet. So people who got into this bull market or into cryptocurrency for the first time in this market cycle have a little bit been spoiled, I have to say, because mm-hmm. um, they have not experienced real cryptocurrency pullbacks, which are massive. That has not happened yet, this cycle. I can understand why this market cycle is much more mature than the last one. And there's a lot more stable institutional money yeah. in this market right now. And they are far more likely to hold on to something retail investors. Mm. So I suspect maybe that's a big reason why a big, crash hasn't happened yet in this bull market cycle a big crash happening in a bull market cycle doesn't end the cycle it's it's just a part of what happened. doesn't necessarily end the whole thing could do generally speaking you get at least one or two and we haven't had that yet so yeah. i'd say we're probably a little bit before halfway if you wanted to timeline it i mean what i find amazing is i remember uh 2000 and uh 2017 18 when um like market cap um of um of of the crypto space was was pushing like i think it was pushing like one trillion um and that was a that was a big deal like um if 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 it hit if it hit if it if it hit close to that you're like yeah the market's growing and then it and then it really really tanked out for a few years and 
looking at the market again i think we're in the, we're in, we're we're around about a two is it two trillion mark yeah i think yeah yeah it's a man, and you're like market, yeah. yeah i mean and you're like wow man things have really things have really moved on um and that's why for a lot of people this is this is fantastic and it's only going to continue to to grow but it also it also means that if there is a pullback <laughs> and you're and you're um and you're a newcomer um to it it's gonna it's gonna feel like a hammer in the head to be honest um for a lot yeah, of people yeah that this is i went through that when i first got into the market yeah um and i think a big part of entering any kind of asset class is to emotionally be prepared yeah um and a, the best way to make sure you do that is to always only play with money you could afford to lose. So Absolutely. don't go play with rent money or mortgage <laughs> money or car payment money or yeah. life saving money or you know yeah. sending your kid to school money. Don't exactly. do that. Yeah. <laughs> play yeah. with money you could afford to lose. Um and and the reason behind that isn't to um not take the risk. It's that to play this, if you want to call it a game, a game. If you want to play this game, quote, play this game you have to be emotionally detached. Yeah, definitely. It's, and the reason for that is you don't want to get overinflated in your in your own head about all the money you do make mm -hmm. and you don't want to get too depressed when you do lose. Yeah. And the reason for both of those is it allows you to make sharper decisions to either recover money you've lost yeah. or to be humble enough to take out money that you've earned. Yeah. And it's really hard to take out money you've earned when you first come into the market you may experience making a lot of it very quickly yeah and the question you ask yourself like any gambler at a blackjack table does or a roulette table is if i stay in a little bit longer i'll make a little bit more okay um and that's when that whole casino feeling kind of comes in mm -hmm. um, actually i was speaking to someone yesterday um who just kind of uh they just broke their crypto virginity <laughs> <laughs> and they opened their first finance account they, they opened their finance account and um they were talking to me about all the all the things they're gonna do when they make all their money and i thought oh yeah been there before the dreaming phase where you dream about all the things you're gonna buy with all the crazy money that you make um yeah so it was it was humorous to to see that because i i saw like myself when i first got into the market uh listen to this person talk um yeah so i'd say always play as a rule go play with only use money that you can uh afford to lose afford to lose um yeah as, as the going phrase goes yeah and uh definitely not be emotionally attached to the transactions yeah it's hard yeah it's yeah. yeah that's a, that's the hardest part actually yeah um above all things i think when you look on a chart you always look you see the absolute bottom and you see the absolute top and then you calculate the percentage you you will never capture the absolute bottom and you will never capture the absolute top, top. yeah that's true. but you can capture the profits in between along the way mm -hmm. um and i think a hard thing is to actually be happy with what you make yeah um that's a weird thing to say but yeah no, I, I get you. I get you yeah. completely. I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the amount of times you'll see you'll see a coin and it's and it's uh it's it's ten x over maybe five or six months, and you're like, oh, I shouldn't have taken my money out at that point in time. I should have just waited. 
Yeah, you know, I know. I've been there. Yeah, yeah it's, it's 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 con, it's con, and that's a constant game that you're playing. But it's also a risk reward game in, by way of um, you want to put your money in, but you also want to protect. You also want to protect your gains. Um, you know, in what you're people, doing. A lot, a lot of what I see is people don't think twice about protecting gains. Gains, yeah, that's the truth. They don't think about protecting at all. Yeah, um, which is really weird mm. um but for some reason when people make lots of money really quickly they don't think about protection yeah they think about i'll just stay in longer they, they assume it will just keep going up the psychological and emotional journey that happens in your head at that time um it's really odd um it's a totally i mean i'm not someone who i've never really played too much around and seen or anything like that but i totally understand what a gambler's mentality feels like because that that's what it really feels like at the start, especially people getting uh, in, a, in a bull market cycle. If you're getting in a bear market cycle, and I don't know too many people who have it, but the few who I have met who who got in, in a bear market, um, their mentality is very different. And I think it's, that it's, it's having the correct mentality that would determine with your success or failure in this in this market above above all else. Most people lose money. The problem is it's, it's, that, it's that staying too long, isn't it? <laughs> Is that staying too yeah, long and knowing yeah, no yeah, when and knowing when to walk effect. away? Yeah, exactly, yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I also think that the fact that you know, um, uh, let's face it, there's a lot of stimmy checks that are floating around for people. I mean, right, right now, um, Premiership is 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 back, and there was quite a bit of money that was floating. People didn't know what to do with it, and they decided. And since since sports sports betting wasn't around. They decided to hey, let's put it into crypto and see what happens. They did it with um, the stock market also, and they, yeah, and you can see that certain markets really did boom. I get the feeling that there is some of that gambling mentality that has gone into crypto. So people just having a bit of excess money and wanting to put it in something to to get that high. Yeah, no, I, yeah, I mean, if people got money lying around, investment is always a good idea. Yeah, yeah. Uh, having the right mentality about the situation is the most important thing. I'd say probably actually to adopt a mentality that is conducive to being able to operate in this market may run counter to what I said before about only play with money that you can afford to lose. Mm -hmm. I think I did that when I started. When I put a little bit of money that I not quote couldn't afford to lose, but would, wouldn't be something I'd normally put in, my mentality to protect that money suddenly came in, if you see what I mean. Yeah, now I, I had like, a, like skin to lose. So... Yeah, I think general play with money you can't you can't you can afford to lose. Sometimes you do need a little something on the line to force the thinking of protecting your protecting what you make. A lot of times when I do put out trades um, to people, people always ask me, "Why don't we stay in longer?" And I say, "Well, you're sixty percent better off than you were a week ago. So what are you complaining about?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but we could have made a hundred, but you made sixty. Be happy with sixty. Right? That, I can't yeah. predict. There's a hundred. I did. I can't see the next forty. But I did see sixty. So be cool with that. And a lot of people generally aren't cool with it. Um, They're like, no, we should have gone a little bit more. Maybe you, you're, you're free to free to do that. But if you lose the sixty that I helped you get to, don't complain about losing the sixty. Because yeah. I said take out a sixty. So I mean, look, let's. I mean, I think we've spoken quite a bit about the crypto space and. The psychology that sits behind it but tell us tell us a little something about um what black swan is and um what it what it is exactly that um the 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 group is trying to achieve yeah um so 
like I mentioned at the start, I, I trade in and, and invest. And me and a, a friend of mine created a, a group called uh, Black Black Swan uh, Black Swan uh, Trading, and we offer market analysis on on cryptocurrencies um, on a on a daily basis and trade signals or things to buy that we feel like will be profitable in the cryptocurrency sphere. We also focus on long-term investments when the opportunity arises for that to happen. Reality is that market conditions at different times will allow you to do certain things and not do other things. Right now is a good time for trading. It isn't so hot for picking out long-term investments because there's an impending crash that is going to happen. So you don't want to be in a situation where you go invest in something right now and then have to live through holding that stuff in a crash. So that's what we fundamentally do. Market mm-hmm. analysis on cryptocurrency and, and trade signals. And the purpose behind it is to help people like uh, the person who taught me produce a secondary uh, passive income for themselves through that. And so people can, when we put the trades out there, they can copy the trade um, into their exchanges um and more often than not it should be profitable we've had a good couple of months since uh since february hopefully we can help more people make good make good money so if someone's trying to get into contact with you or would like to join your group how would they go about doing that um yeah we've got a black swan discord group uh, hopefully you have the link for yeah I can um touch that. Uh, we've also got our website uh, blackswantrading.co.uk um, and our services are available on that on that channel as well. And you can contact me through through the Discord, either personally or in the, in the Discord. What I must say is I'm a part of the group currently, and it has been um, it's been very valuable in um, you know giving me signals by way of trading, and also in getting together with another group of people or further community that are currently investing in. In, in, in crypto what i must say is the thing i like about it also is a lot of there's a lot of sharing that goes on within that group by way of um you know coins to look at um changes in the industry and um things that are basically uh going on in the news and stuff and that's been that's been really helpful um as you already know this is um the buy the block uk series where we discuss everything real estate and investment if you're looking to get in contact with us, we're on Instagram at Buy the Block UK. We've got a WhatsApp group, um, and we like to discuss things mainly property, but um, also investments. So, uh, thank you very much, Hassan, for coming on the show, um, talking crypto, which I'm sure will be um, of interest to our audiences, and hopefully we will we'll have you again. Mm-hmm.